The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Touchdown! Oh, he's done it again! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We have got seven AFC home games to take a look at. Joe Burrow. Is he playing poorly right now? Depends on who you ask. Can he have a big game against the Chargers? Any Bills running backs or Patriots running backs this week? Probably not. Uh, Any Saquon Barkley this week? See if maybe you want to avoid him. Can Chase Claypool keep it going? We'll answer those questions as we take a look at seven games on today's show. And we got a lot of Thursday night updates for you as well. So we'll get to that in just a moment. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Jamie Eisenberg. What's up? Hey, Jamie. Morning. Good morning. How you feeling about this week? Exciting week. You don't say good morning to Heath? I already just, Heath and I talked for like 10 minutes already. Hey, Heath. Yeah, I don't know how I'm feeling about this week. I just tweeted like <laughs> there's a list of long guys that I don't really feel comfortable with how I'm ranking them. I don't, and I'm not even including Elijah Moore in that, who I know we're going to argue about in just a minute. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm really struggling with more guys this week, it seems like, than normal. Give me a few. I'll tell you where to rank them. Uh, there's three quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, Taysom Hill, and Joe Burrow. I would go Burrow, Wilson, Hill. You're welcome. I currently have it Wilson or Hill, Wilson, Burrow. Ooh. So you're complete opposite. Perfect. Good job. I read two articles about uh, about Burrow this week. Um, one on CBS, one on ESPN. One about not being a good prospect? Chris Chapa- He wasn't. Chris Chapasso on CBS, and I think, oh, who was it? I'll look it up on, on ESPN. So yeah, and both play both analysts watched the game and said Joe Burrow played great last week. So I think his numbers are not reflecting that he's playing pretty well lately. That oh, you can play great and not be a good fantasy quarterback. Yep. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're running the ball so much. I, I get that. He's averaging twenty eight pass attempts in wins this season, and he's had a couple of games where he throws a seventy five yard touchdown pass to Jamar Chase, and so that's okay. But I just think the way this Chargers defense is set up, um, just begging you to run against them. Uh, the Bengals will be more than happy to do that. Last thing on that game, well, that's actually the first game we'll look at. I think it's one of the more interesting games. Uh, Asante Samuel. The Chargers, when they've had both of their starting cornerbacks healthy, Davis and Samuel, they've been terrific against the pass. When they've been missing either one of them, I think there was one game they maybe missed both, but when they've been missing one of them, they've struggled a little bit. So that's something we'll keep an eye on. He's in the concussion protocol, missed last week's game. Um, Jamie, give me the player you love. Give me the start of the week. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Love the setup for him. Um, coming off the game that he had last week, no Debo Samuel. Uh, 27 carries, five catches. You're looking at a Seattle defense that has to be exhausted after playing Monday night with all the snaps that they played and they typically play, but cross-country trip. And so um, I was surprised when I was looking at the the start percentages for these guys. And Mitchell was, uh, he's going to obviously creep up higher, but he was below 50% last week. And when I started writing this on Wednesday was in the sixties. So 
I, I don't know if people are hesitant about it. I did a radio show this morning. Somebody was asking me to defend it. Like it was, you know, you're sitting Elijah Mitchell. Um, I, I think he's going to have a top five week. Uh, I'm, I'm starting him over Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, um, Alvin Kamara. Uh, he's, he's, he's in my top five. Madison? So, you know, uh, no, Madison is in a better <laughs> spot. Um, Matt, Madison, uh, I, I mean, Mitchell's, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, close – at least for the way I approach, it's closer to a more obvious start than the guys I typically use. Um, Madison, to me, would be m- much more of a must-start guy, just knowing what he's done. Okay. Uh, Heath, how about you, player you love? I'll stay at the running back position, and I'll go with uh, Jamal Williams. This Lions offense, as we thought they might, has just centered their offense around running back touches, and that's partially because they don't have any good wide receivers, and TJ Hawkinson's not taking the leap they'd hoped but I think you'll see 20-plus touches for Jamal Williams. I wouldn't be surprised if five or six of those are catches. I, I said earlier in the week he came at it like number seven in my projections, and I would kind of moved him down to 13 or 14. But then I started looking at it, and I was like, do I really need to rank Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley or David Montgomery or Najee Harris ahead of Jamal Williams? No, I don't. So I moved Jamal Williams back up, and he's now number nine, just one spot behind Elijah Mitchell. I think the name that jumps out there is Najee Harris. And people might say, how could you consider starting Jamal Williams over Najee Harris? So I get it, but explain your thought process there. I'm just like, as bad as the Lions are, I'm not sure that the Steelers are going to be any better this week. In fact, I think their implied point totals might be exactly the same. The Lions have a much better offensive line, so I think Williams is going to be more efficient in the running game. And I wouldn't necessarily expect Najee Harris to do more in the passing game. And Harris, you know, you talked about Joe Burrow's splits, pass attempts and wins and losses. Harris, you look at his carries in wins and losses. You know, when he, and they were winning, I think they went four in a row and they had a tie. Uh, wins, wins and ties. <laughs> he gets like 20 plus carries every game. Uh, he doesn't come close to that in the losses, at least the last two, but they got blown out. But all right, that's an interesting one. And Pittsburgh, Baltimore. That's going to be kind of an interesting game because usually that's a defensive struggle, but I'm not quite sure what those defenses have this year. Uh, let's go to players to avoid. Jamie, who are you sitting this week? Uh, Joe Burrow. Um, you know, it's uh, one of those situations where he's a good quarterback. The Bengals are playing fantastic, but this is the run funnel of all run funnels against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. And I know, Adam, you keep saying that they're talking about being better against the run that they're hoping to get guys back that'll help them against the run they can't stop the run and so uh joe mixon's just on a tear right now so i don't expect burrow's fantasy production to change dramatically i think his ceiling is going to be around 22 points so he can still be a low-end starter for you and i don't know if you necessarily need to make a transaction like i i, I kind of agree with Heath that i wouldn't be surprised if Taysom hill is better but i don't think i'm dropping somebody to pick up Taysom hill to start him over joe burrow unless i have the roster spots to play with I want to. I think just to defend my honor here, when they have Justin Jones and Linval Joseph healthy, they've been very good against the run. But and that might be, but that's not going to preclude me from starting Mixon or anything like that. And I don't know what Joseph's status will be. But they truly did improve when Jones came back from missing almost all of the season, and then he came but, back. But I saw something, and I don't remember where it was, but they, they are running a lot of light boxes this year, just kind of begging teams to run against them. And it may be when they're fully healthy, they can defend the run better out of those sets. But 
I don't think this is a situation where the Chargers are trying to necessarily be good against the run. I think they're one of those teams, um, analytically minded, that knows that it's much, much better if you can get the other team to run the ball against you more than they pass it. Right. Okay. Uh, And who are you sitting, Heath? I'm trying to sit T. Higgins, and it's kind of attached to Joe Burrow. It's kind of attached to just the way that we think that game will go. I mean, we're going to break down the whole Bengals-Chargers game before we even get to it, but yeah. I I just I don't think that the Chargers are going to put up a big number against the Bengals' defense, and I don't think that the Bengals are going to have a great reason to throw a ton of passes, and so I, I think Higgins is more of a boom-bust number three wide receiver this week. I'd still start him over the guys like Mike Williams and such, but... Um, he's not currently in my top 30. Uh, so you'd start Elijah Moore over him? I would start Elijah Moore over him. Would you start Devontae Smith at the Jets or T. Higgins? I have Devontae Smith ahead of T. Higgins as well. Hey, Jamie, you like Higgins a little more. Number two wide receiver, borderline. Uh, borderline. Two, three. You know, I, I think um, I saw somebody uh, post this. I don't know where it was. Maybe somebody on Twitter, so I apologize for uh, not referencing it. But. I think in the games where T. Higgins has been healthy, he has more targets than Jamar Chase. Um, really? Season. Interesting. So uh, it's it's not like Joe Burrow is ignoring him completely, but it, it kind of goes hand in hand with Burrow. I don't, I don't disagree with Heath. You know, I I don't think um, you know you should necessarily look at last week's game and say, okay, this is who T. Higgins is going to be rest of season. You know, it was his first touchdown since week two. Um, he's been you, you know for the most part, I don't want to say disappointing, but you know just kind of leaving you a little bit you know empty with with what you're expectations were so it's not a slam dunk but it's not a lot of great receivers once you get past about you know 25 26 guys so i think he's still in that conversation something to consider for t. Yeah, higgins. I more, more personally okay something to consider for t higgins his a dot and i can't tell you what his a dot's going to be <laughs> but in three of his last four games he has 78 or more yards he has a 97 78 and 114 yards his a dot average depth of target so basically where Joe Burrow is throwing the ball, throwing it deep, but 16 yards or more in all three of those games. That is extremely high for an average depth of target. Um, those are his only three games all season with an A dot higher than 12 yards. So he's been used in three of the last four games downfield a lot, and he has come through. That makes him a pretty volatile wide receiver, most likely. Uh, tough to trust. The Chargers don't give up a lot of big pass plays, but neither do some of the other teams that that uh, Higgins has had success against recently, like Pittsburgh. So, uh, I, a lot to think about. I'm really <laughs> wondering, and I don't think I can find this in time. I'm sure it's somewhere, and I expect we'll get him. Maybe somebody in the chat will know where it is. But I'd be curious with the way the Chargers are playing defense this year, what their average dot allowed is to wide receivers. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would think that they would rank towards the bottom of the league in that, but I don't know for sure. So I, I wouldn't want to, I mean, it's just kind of a guess. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I do know that if you want to have fun and take part in these starter sit discussions, you can do it all season long at cbsportscom slash start sit. Play the FFT start sit challenge each week. Answer 10 start sit questions to win a customized Trophy Smack Championship belt with your name engraved. And the overall winner for the season wins $1,000 and a guest appearance on the podcast. One question this week is Hunter Renfro, Darnell Mooney, or Travis Kelsey? So who's going to score the most in half PPR? Renfro, Mooney, or Kelsey, guys? I mean, it's Kelsey. Come on. All right, all right, it's Kelsey. I didn't write the question. All right, go to cbssports.com slash start sit to play. I bet Schrager wrote it. 
Schrager. Come on. Uh, by the way, Spotify. If you have Spotify, they do this very cool thing, the Spotify Wrapped. 2021 Spotify Wrapped is out. Be sure to tweet us how many minutes you spent streaming FFT on Spotify in 2021. Okay, we got a ton of news and notes. We're going to start with the Thursday stuff. Taysom Hill is going to start tonight against Dallas. So we'll kick it right there, kick it off right there. Jamie, where'd you rank Taysom Hill? Uh, I think 14, um, but he's definitely in the streaming conversation. And again, if you want to start him over Joe Burrow or Russell Wilson, I I certainly understand that sentiment. Um, Hopefully he's the guy we saw in the four games that he started last year. And I know that seems like saying you want to watch paint dry because it wasn't pretty, but he got you fantasy production because he runs. And so 22 or more fantasy points in three or four games. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm really hopeful that that's the guy and his foot is okay. And there's no issues. And he throws the ball with a little bit of success, certainly to Alvin Kamara. You expect Kamara to play? I do. I'm hopeful. <laughs> uh, it's, there's no certainty, but I'm hopeful. Okay. Heath. So I think you're probably in about the same boat with Taysom Hill, right? Borderline top 12 quarterback. Um, I would start him over Burrow. The one I really struggle with is Russell Wilson. Um, but he's my favorite streamer. So if you're streaming, that's who I'd stream with. Carson Wentz or Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill. Derek Carr or Taysom Hill? Derek Carr. Okay. So Kamara. Uh, Obviously, if Kamara doesn't play, we're going to love Mark Ingram. But if Kamara does play... Does he crack your top 12? Not me. Jamie, top 12, Kamara? Uh, he, he's borderline. Um, you know, I, I Again, it's more of a hope than it is a logic thing. I think Heath broke it down pretty well. Uh, I'm sure you guys talked about this on Wednesday. He definitely mentioned on HQ that with Taysom Hill running and what we saw in the involvement for Kamara in the passing game last season with him and the presence of Mark Ingram, you just don't know how many uh, – I don't want to say high-level touches or traditional touches because I still think he's going to be the lead running back and hopefully get those opportunities that we're used to seeing, but it could be limited. So just keep that in mind. So if you want to start Jamal Williams over him, Boston Scott over him, I'm starting Elijah Mitchell over him, uh, and and Boston Scott would be if he's by himself in Philadelphia. Right, that's a little – I don't know that we can do that right now. I'm sorry, yes. You you can't take that into account with the Eagles guys. You're right, because it's Thursday night game. Right. But if you want to start Jamal Williams over him based on what we know – you want to start, uh, you know, take a risk on Sony Michelle, you know, based on if Daryl Henderson misses another practice. I get it. Um, I would still start Alvin Kamara, though. I'm not going to get cute with those things. Okay. And Amari Cooper is going to play. By the way, both Saints offensive tackles are questionable. That's a big deal. But Amari Cooper is going to play tonight. Heath, did he crack your top 30? He did crack my top 30. He's right in the Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I have no idea what to do with these guys' range. Borderline number two wide receivers. Um, I, I think the interesting thing is if if all three Cowboys wide receivers are healthy, who's going to see the most Lattimore? I would assume it's not going to be Lamb because he's going to go into the slot the most. But I also think Cooper is probably going to go in the slot more than Gallup does. So... I, I, I don't hate his chances of getting into the end zone, and I think he's probably going to get six or seven targets, maybe maybe eight. So he's a borderline start. I'd like it if I had two receivers better, three receivers better, but I probably don't. Would you guys start Miles Gaskin or Amari Cooper? Gaskin. Uh, yeah, Gaskin. All right, the rest of the news and notes. Antonio Brown is going to be out at least the next two weeks. 
Seattle signed Adrian Peterson to the practice squad. You can interrupt me if I'm wrong, but I assume that we don't have any interest in adding Adrian Peterson to our fantasy football teams. I don't get it. Why? I, yeah, I don't know. They need help. Uh, Daniel Jones's neck injury. I. This is the weirdest thing. They're talking about, no, as of right now, it's not considered season-ending. And then at the same time, he's expected to practice all week. So which uh, Giants quarterback do you think starts this week as of right now? Phil Sims. <laughs> we're, we're projecting Glennon. Um, and actually, I like Saquon a little bit more if it is Glennon. Yeah? Okay. So that was the benefit. I don't like anybody else more, but... Okay. And yeah, Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard did not practice. Neither did cornerback Adoree Jackson. Devontae Parker is practicing this week. It doesn't mean he will play, but he's, you know, he's had a very underrated season. When you look at his competition, he's faced the Bills twice, the Patriots, the Raiders. They're really good against wide receivers. He tore up the Colts. The only good matchup he's had. He's had seven or more targets in every game. Don't sleep on Devontae Parker. There's only one thing that's uh that's beat him so far. And that is Jacoby Brissett. No, his shoulder. Oh, his shoulder, yeah. Philip Lindsay is going to have an opportunity for a bigger role. Hmm. Okay. We'll see. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks like he's going to play. Miles Sanders making progress. Eagles optimistic for center Jason Kelsey. Uh, J.D. McKissick has a concussion, so we'll see if he can get out of the protocol by Sunday at Las Vegas. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. We just don't... Do we know anything right now? I mean, it seems up in the air with those two guys. I... Under the assumption that they're playing. So I, I think that's the way you have to approach it right now. But again, you know, if you're concerned about Kyler and you have Taysom Hill, that could be a tough decision you have to make tonight. Yeah, that's that's tough. And it's really, really tough for me with Hopkins and Cooper. Like, I'd obviously start Lamb over him. And I think if it was Hopkins and Gallup, I'd probably just try to wait it out with Hopkins. But um, Cooper's a really... Because you don't even know for sure how much Cooper's going to play. Right. Yeah, uh, I play Cooper. All right, Pat Fryermuth practiced in full. He just needs to clear the concussion protocol, but that's a good sign. Daryl Henderson and Odell Beckham both missed practice. Sean McVay sounding optimistic about both Henderson and Beckham. New England safety Kyle Duggar is on the reserve COVID list, the head of this showdown at Buffalo. Cole Komet and Allen Robinson both missed practice. I'm guessing we don't expect Robinson. Do we expect Komet? I, I would hope so. I mean, they've had plenty of time, so just keep that in mind. Darren Waller missed practice, and Foster Moreau, as of yesterday, was the most added player in CBS leagues. But another big thing here is Carl Nassib for the Raiders. He is week-to-week with a knee injury, and that's the strength of Las Vegas' defense, that pass rush. Uh, Chase Edmonds could be back next week. DeAndre Swift could miss multiple weeks, according to ESPN. Hmm. Carolina cornerback Dante Jackson out for the season. That's a tough hit for IDP leagues. That guy's a tackling machine. And that's pretty much all I've got. So here's a new segment. I'm going to look at, we got seven games we're looking at today. I'm going to give you a quick question. We can spend up to 30 seconds. That's all we have to do. Just a quick overview of the game for players that might be kind of, you know, on the fence in terms of whether or not we start them. Here we go. Chargers at Bengals. Is this Mike Williams week? I mean, every week is Mike Williams week. It's week to do what? To be good. Are you going to ask us any questions we could possibly answer with any certainty? I, that, that wouldn't be fun. Okay. Um, the answer is no. Yeah. I was annoyed that I had to start him. I have to start him one week, one league. 
Um, who is the best? Okay, Washington, Las Vegas. Who is the best quarterback in this game? Washington, Las Vegas. Core. Derek Carr. The one facing the Washington defense. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Chase Claypool or Devontae Freeman, who's a better flex? I'll take Claypool and PPR. Ooh, I, I know I have them really, really close. Um, I, I'll go Claypool and PPR as well. Okay, Baltimore. We'll talk about this in a bit, but Baltimore, I say it every week now. They basically give up the most big plays to wide receiver in the passing game. And it's get, so weird because that's all they give up. Yes, like they it, give up very few catches, but the most yards per catch to wide receivers. Right. They just Every game, they have one or two complete breakdowns in the secondary, and other than that, they're pretty good defense. And great run defense, too. All right, Giants-Dolphins. <laughs> Who's the best running back in this game? Barkley. Barkley is the best running back in this game. Gaskin is the better fantasy right now. <laughs> hmm. Heath, you're starting Barkley over Gaskin? I am starting Barkley over Gaskin. Um, right. They were back-to-back when I had Daniel Jones as the quarterback. Barkley moved up like five spots when I put Glennon in. I don't I get that. the Dolphins' last five weeks have been the best fantasy defense against opposing running back. Yeah, they they've have not allowed a touchdown and something like 3.8 yards per carry to running backs. Yeah, and now you have potentially Mike Lennon. Good luck. Why is Glennon better for Barkley? Um, he's not as mobile. I would expect additional running back targets, and he's not going to run the ball seven or eight times, so those are more plays where Barkley could get carries or receptions. Yeah. I think the, the concern would be is less time of possession if this offense is worse with Glennon, which it could be better, but if the way the Dolphins' defense is playing just as a whole – um, if Glennon stinks, which is highly likely, then he's not going to be on the field as much. This is a spotlight game for sure. And uh, we'll see if Daniel Jones... Spotlight for who? I'm just, so I'm just kidding. Game? I'm just kidding. It was a joke. Uh, it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. It's a terrible game. Uh, Daniel, I don't know that he's going to run. I mean, every time he runs, he gets hurt. Concussion, neck strain. All right, Dan- Denver, Kansas City. Is this game competitive? Is this game competitive? Denver, Kansas City. Absolutely. I mean, the Chiefs pretty much never blow anybody out except the Raiders two weeks ago three weeks ago well it's the Raiders <laughs> okay well it's uh, important yeah I um I would guess it it will be all right it's big for the Denver running backs needs to be competitive and New England Buffalo who is the best running back in this game Damien Harris yeah I have Singletary projected the highest in PPR but I moved Damian Harris ahead of him um, I would really like it if I could. I, For the most part, I would really like it if I could just avoid this game. I mean, if you have Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs, you have to start him, but I don't want to be a part of this game. <laughs> okay, and then finally, Indianapolis at Houston. T.Y. Hilton magic this week? Yes, he scores again. What You know that I'm not going to rank it that way, but <laughs> probably. Jamie, did you, you rank it You know what his numbers way? are against this team? Oh, I know. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I know generally that he's amazing against them, but I don't Do you have specific numbers? Yeah, let me get it. Hold on. Okay. It's uh, 19 <laughs> games played against the Texans. And in those 19 games, he has this I do know, which is amazing. 160 targets <laughs> against the Texans. Wow. Um, for Uh, 19 games in his career against the Texans, 101 catches, 1,798 1, yards, and 11 touchdowns on 160 targets. 
it's amazing. Almost 1,800 yards in 19 games. Uh, by the way, I said earlier that I was reading on ESPN about Joe Burrow. It was Mike Tannenbaum who covered, he was at the game. He covered it, and uh, he said Burrow looked great last week. So I just wanted to clarify that. Um, he, so, yeah. T.Y. Hilton had more yards um, in week number six against the Texans when he caught four passes for 80 yards than he has in the rest of his games this year combined. He also has not played more than 61% of the snaps in any game. He's not a full-time player, and I don't think they're going to throw maybe but 25 or 30 passes. So it's it really just depends on them just telling Michael Pittman, sorry, we're going to throw the ball to T.Y. Hilton this game because it's the Texans. <laughs> and they only threw I 20 I guess kind of what has to happen for him to be good. I think Wentz threw 20 or 21 passes the last time they played. Uh, that's really low. Okay, we have maybe they'll do that again. One rankings dispute. The only one I'm going to bring up because uh, it's a game that we're looking at tomorrow. Actually, there are a lot of AFC home games this week, but we'll look at it tomorrow. It's Jets hosting the Eagles, and it's Elijah Moore. Now, Dave and Jamie are in agreement here that Moore is just outside the top 30, whereas Heath has Elijah Moore 19th against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, so, Heath, make the case for Elijah Moore. I was going to say, I'm definitely the weird one here. Dave and Jamie are aligned with the industry, and I've just... Elijah Moore, for a month, was the best wide receiver in fantasy. And then last week, Zach Wilson comes back, and he has a bad game where he scores nine PPR fantasy points, but gets a 33% target share. And I just expect that he's going to see a third of the team's targets. They're not going to throw 24 passes again which is probably going to mean a 10-target game, which makes him a must-start wide receiver for me. You look at him, like the one I really, I think it seems outlandish probably, is him versus DK Metcalf. He's scored more fantasy points since week five than DK Metcalf has. Who hasn't? Well, DK Metcalf's the number 22 <laughs> wide receiver since week five. That includes some of his good games. Okay. Some of his Geno Smith games. Right. Right. Um, so, I mean, he's like as bad as he was and even not playing for a while, what he did over that month puts him at wide receiver 19 since week five. Okay, Jamie, you're sitting Elijah Moore. He's outside your top 30. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I would like to in a two-receiver league. In a three-receiver league, I'm still starting him. Um, and I have a tough decision in one of my leagues between him and T. Higgins. Um, it's, it's not so much about what his target share opportunity is and his quarterback play. It's about his matchup. I mean, Darius Slay has erased every top receiver that he's come against for the most part this season when he's been placed on that guy. And so will he be the guy on, on Elijah Moore? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to get that respect. I don't know if Corey Davis coming back, if he does, changes things at all. But I would imagine if you're Darius Slay and you're looking at the Jets offense, you're saying, I'm going to try and take away and shadow Elijah Moore. And you know, the numbers bear it out that number one receivers against his team for the majority of the season have been terrible. I don't think Slay, in fact, I can tell you, he did not shadow Kenny Galladay last week. I think a lot of times he stays at left cornerback. So uh, that just keep that in mind. I'm not sure that he'll, how much time he'll spend on Elijah Moore. Um, but, I, but I really don't know. I think, I think, um, I know Elijah Moore has only been in the slot about 15% of the snaps, but I think he's moved around quite a bit. I'm looking at the, the chart from last game, he'd had no targets on the right side of the field, which is where Slay would be. He had two targets on the left side, and most of it was between the numbers. So, I don't, again, I don't know. 
how much Slay he'll see. It's just a guess at this point. Alrighty, Chargers at Bengals. Stat of the game, number one. Uh, it's the only stat of the game because the other one is about T. Higgins and his A dot, and you know that. So, stat of the game. The last four quarterbacks to face the Chargers have had passer ratings above 101. That would be Hertz, Cousins, Roethlisberger, and Bridgewater. So they have not really been very good against the pass lately, and that does coincide with the cornerback injuries that I mentioned. But you've already made it very clear that you are trying to avoid Joe Burrow this week. So I guess just to wrap that conversation up, Jamie, who are some of the quarterbacks that you would start over Burrow that people might be like, oh, interesting? Uh, I mean, there's not much. You know, it's Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr are, are probably the, you know, the only names that weren't drafted ahead of him. But I, I don't disagree with Heath. I think if you want to take a chance on Taysom Hill, then that's certainly suitable um, based on, you know, what the, the hope is for Hill having to do more with his legs and what Burrow is going to do more handing off to Joe Mixon. You know, if you're if you're in the Joe Mixon camp, excuse me, the Joe Burrow camp, you want Justin Herbert and and the Chargers offense to show up and get a big lead and force Burrow to throw. And, you know, we've seen a couple times this season, I know like the Jacksonville game on Thursday night, uh, there was that instance, you know, that comes to mind for sure, you know, where they were chasing points and he had to throw more. So uh, I think there's there's an opportunity there for Burrow to still be good, but I just don't see him scoring more than what his average has been, which is about 22 fantasy points when he's been good. Uh, do you have Wilson ahead of him? I do. Yeah. All right, I so in this game, it's Mixon and Eckler are must-starts. Jamar Chase, is he still a must-start, given his recent poor stretch? Yes. Yep. But he's not a top-ten guy anymore. Okay. So you have, you've already debated T. Higgins. Jamie's got him around 25th. Heath has him, I think, around 35th. And uh, what else in this game? Keenan Allen is a must-start. I don't want to just short... Oh, you know, we should talk about Justin Herbert here. Uh, so you guys have him top seven. Heath has him fifth. Jamie seventh. Dave seventh. I, is that a reflection of your confidence in Herbert or the state of the quarterback position at the moment? The state of the quarterback position. He's been very frustrating. You know, this offense has been frustrating. It, it's 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 like they have an identity crisis at times. Um, if they were let him play like he should be playing you know, which is open up the offense and rely on your passing game, which includes Austin Eckler. It doesn't mean get away from him by any stretch. Then I think he would be an easy top five fantasy quarterback, but it's, you just don't know what you're going to get week to week with him. Like two games ago, run, run more. You can do it. You don't have to run for 90 yards like you did against the Steelers, but run. If that guy shows up, then you're going to get maybe top three quarterback, maybe number one. The eight out is so low lately for much of the year. I think I'd say, um, and the offensive line just stinks. That's kind of what it is. It's like sometimes he's just under so much pressure. But okay, Herbert or Hertz? Uh, Herbert, right now. Hmm. Hertz. That I, was the ankle makes me ner- nervous. Yeah, that that one's tough. But I'll go Herbert too. Okay. Start Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams. Did we say ask Mike Williams or T Higgins? I think it's. I think I know the answer. But Mike Williams or T Higgins. Uh, T. Higgins. I mean, you know, you talk about uh, a good corner. Um, Chidobi Awuzie has been great. Awuzie. Awuzie, excuse me, has been great. You know, you look at some of the guys he's faced. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson, he gave a touchdown, but two catches, 24 yards. Uh, he got beat up by Devontae Adams, but Marquise Brown, you know, and, and Deontay Johnson. You know, those guys were good, but they were frustrating. You know, he frustrated them. Mm. So it's... um. 
you know, I think you're talking about those guys get a lot more attention <laughs> than what uh, Mike Williams is getting right now. Yeah, I, I I've got Higgins and Williams. I think back to back or two spots apart, but I would definitely I would definitely start Higgins over Williams. Would you start uh, Patriots running back over Mike Williams? Uh, in non PPR, I would absolutely start Damian Harris over him for sure. Yeah, in PPR, I'd still start Williams. Would you start, assuming Alvin Kamara plays tonight? Would you start Mark Ingram or Tony Pollard over Mike Williams? Pollard. Uh, I would start them both over Mike Williams. Wow. Okay. I would start. I'd start Williams over Ingram. I think. Sit Jared Cook. Sit CJ Uzama. Right. Yeah. Yep. I'm finished with this game. Okay, let's go to Washington at Las Vegas. But first, let's go to commercial break. We'll be right back to talk about the football team and the Raiders. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Washington at Las Vegas. I already asked you guys which quarterback do you like better. You said Derek Carr. I am wondering how you can have faith in Derek Carr when you have... (laughs) A guy who has not had a good fantasy run since Henry Ruggs, you know, since no more Henry Ruggs, doesn't most likely have Darren Waller this week. And now you got this stinking Mariota thing that could take away a touchdown like it may have last week when Mariota ran one in. So I, I was a little surprised at where I saw him in your rankings. I think he's top 12, right? I think you look at the fact that the Washington football team has not just been the worst team against quarterbacks. They've given up 20% more fantasy points per game to quarterbacks than any other defense this year. And then you look at their last two weeks and you see Cam Newton has this fantastic first game back where he's a top 10 quarterback. And then the next week looks like the worst quarterback in the history of football. And Russell Wilson, who's maybe been the worst quarterback in the NFL the past three weeks, scores 23 fantasy points against them. You, it doesn't take a good situation or a good quarterback to be good against the Washington football team. It just takes a quarterback. I would argue, if I were going to argue against that, I would say three weeks ago they did very well against Tom Brady, held him to 16 points. The cam game is inexcusable. But I think 
just watching the Monday night football game, it's not like I sat there and said, wow, Russell Wilson's carving them up. He had that late drive where he had half his points. Uh, so that would be my argument against it. They've gotten a lot better on third down over but the Russell last few weeks. Russell missed so many throws, though. I mean, in terms of not, – not, I'm not talking about missed throws that were intended targets. He missed wide open guys that he just didn't see. Well, and I, I think – and it's tough to do the angles in your head and everything, but I think better throws to Tyler Lockett. And Tyler Lockett has like 180 yards and two touchdowns in that game. Both the times he threw to Lockett deep, Lockett didn't have anybody within 20 yards of him. Okay. Uh, all right, then. Start Derek Carr. Uh, yeah, and you say, I, I know you say his fantasy production has been um, worse without Henry Ruggs, which, which is understandable. You lose a key player of your offense. Uh, but you did see some signs of, of Deshaun Jackson doing similar things in that game last week against the Cowboys. You know, downfield throws that... Some of those pass interference calls, if they're not, you know, he's not getting tackled on the ones that were actually <laughs> they were did. such bad throws, though. Um, yeah, but, anyway. you know, it's also th- that could be a player, too. All right, but I would say I, that just knowing human nature, if Deshaun Jackson doesn't catch that ball and run however 30 yards, whatever it was, for a touchdown, we're not starting Derek Carr this week because he would have had, you know, 15 points or something. Uh, I mean, you know, just uh, for, for the numbers, uh, he's 21 fantasy points or more in four of his last six. So he's been fairly consistent. Uh, but season. no, I, I'm only looking at the the games without rugs, and he's 11, 21, 10, and 21 in those games. So half. Yeah, but 11 and 10 in the other ones, and no Waller. I mean, that's the, no like no Waller. That's a big deal. Hasn't been a whole time. lot of Waller lately. No, that's not true. Waller had a well. What did, what had did he, he had like a hundred yards against Dallas? Yeah, like he he had a good he no, threw, in the Philly game. Uh, well, Moreau had six for 60 in a touch. In a touch I don't know what he did. What did Derek Carr do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'll look. Yeah. He probably had a good game. But he had rugs. <laughs> I think Waller's been good in the games where Carr was bad, I guess. He was uh, 323, 2-1. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, okay. All right. I'm not... Okay. Uh, you know, I don't I, think Derek Carr is a slam dunk. I have to start Derek Carr to win my fantasy league this right. week. But... I don't think he's a bad starter. I'd start him over Burrow. I'd start him over Russell Wilson. You know, it's I start him over Taysom Hill. You know, that's where I come out on it. I just I I I like him. I don't love him. Okay. Uh, updated stat of the game every week. I'll give you this one. It keeps getting better and better. A tight end has seventy yards or a touchdown in eight of the last nine games against the Raiders. So I think that is one of the reasons why you like Logan Thomas. And you know what? Let's let's stick with the Raiders real quick since we had the car discussion. We'll come back to Logan Thomas in a moment. Uh, how do you feel about Josh Jacobs this week, Heath? I'm starting him. Number borderline number one running back, but definitely a good number two running back. And I would start him over both the running backs, all three, all four of the running backs in tonight's game. This matchup sucks, though. They are really good against the run. That doesn't. Be, Josh you, Jacobs catches a bunch of passes. He, thankfully, he does. Okay, um, his two longest runs, by the way, of the year have come in the last two games. Hopefully, that's a good sign. Jamie, what do you think about Renfro and Moreau? I mean, Renfro's a must-start guy. You know, you can't get away from what he's been uh, for the season. Really, you know, it, it feels like people are just kind of waking up to Hunter Renfro for the most part, based on his start percentage. But um, you know, you you saw, you know, I think the what what hopefully can become without Darren Waller on the field, you know, with some plays a little bit further down the field for him in the game against the Cowboys. The secondary is terrible, as we've noted. And so there's an opportunity here for him to continue to be eight to nine targets, 
you know, seven to eight catches. Um, he's he's the go-to guy for Derek Carr, understandably so. He's he's very reliable. Uh, he scored in two of his last four. You know, so hopefully that continues. And if he continues to find the end zone or goes over 100 yards, I don't know what more you need for for a receiver at this point. Okay, and then Moreau. Would you start Moreau over, say, uh, Mike Asicki, Dalton Schultz tonight? Uh, definitely over Schultz. I'm starting him over Kyle Pitts. Um, I would start him over Dawson Knox. I would start him over Noah Fant. Um, I think you're going to see six-plus targets and an opportunity here to be successful against a team that struggled against tight ends and certainly has a bad secondary to begin with. Man, I like I have him behind, I think, every one of those guys and with zero amount of confidence. And the reason why, I've got Foster Moreau, Noah Fant, Gerald Everett, Logan Thomas, Dawson Knox, Dalton Schultz, and Zach Ertz all projected for six targets. So three of those guys are probably going to score a touchdown and be top 12 tight ends this week, and three of those guys are not. And for the Washington football team, do you like Antonio Gibson or Josh Jacobs this week? Gibson, if there's no McKissick, for sure. Without McKissick, I've got Gibson as a top 12 running back. If McKissick's back, then then Gibson's more of a number two, but still a start. Uh, Gibson's my favorite running back in this game, with or without McKissick. He's just getting so much work lately, but they have won three games in a row, and he's had 24, 19, and 29 carries in six losses this year. He has 20 carries twice, but the other games are 12, 10, 14, and 8 carries. So, you know, and usually he's a three-catch guy. Last week was an exception. How uh, many red zone targets for Kyle Pitts this season? Oh, two. Nine. <laughs> okay, sorry, green zone. How many green zone? Uh, looks like nine. Kyle Pitts has nine targets inside the 10-yard line? No, he has five. Sorry. Uh, uh, how many red zone targets for Foster Moreau this season? Red zone, seven. Eighth? Six. Four. I win. Part-time player versus full-time player. That's interesting. It's kind of true. And if you, if you went Waller versus Pitts, you know, that'd be something. Starter sit J.D. McKissick if he plays. Uh, Waller has 11 red zone targets. I would um, sit McKissick. I would start McKissick in PPR as a flex. McKissick or Mike Williams? McKissick. I'd probably go Mike Williams. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Is it going to be Start one of him. his big games or one of his bad games? His bad games aren't that bad. They are 62 or fewer yards and no touchdowns seven times in 11 games. Yeah, I'm still starting. Okay. Vegas allows the six fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but no Carl Nassib. That's a big deal. All right, then Logan Thomas or Foster Moreau? That's actually a good question. Vast that at the top. Logan Thomas or Foster Moreau? Thomas. That's close. Thomas. And it's close. Keep an eye on Thomas, though. He showed up on the injury report again on Wednesday. Okay. And that is... I'm finished with this game. Let's go to... I wonder how long that's going to last, how long that's going to be funny. Oh, no, I didn't talk about Heineke. I'm sorry. We have to talk about Taylor Heineke. Jamie, how do you feel about Heineke mm -hmm. as a streamer? Uh, I like him. Behind Taysom Hill, um, I would still start Burrow over him. I would still start uh, Russell Wilson over him. You know, it, it's funny because, and, and granted, he was robbed of the Logan Thomas touchdown, but in last week's game, uh, he really only has one good game in this stretch of games. I think it's like one game over 17 fantasy points in his last five or so. Um, 
So will he have this? Will he reach the ceiling? And with the run game playing as well as you know, with Antonio Gibson and the run game doing as, as well as it is, it's hard to necessarily think that that's going to be the case because they should be able to run on the Raiders. So, yeah, um, you know why it is, Jamie? He has zero or one touchdown in six of his last seven games. He either has like a three touchdown game or a zero or one. He almost always has one touchdown pass. It's killing his fantasy numbers. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it. It's it's the byproduct of teams becoming better. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to Baltimore. Like if you, just if, if you still have the opportunity, like I like Tua better this week and and Taysom Hill better of the streaming guys. Okay. Let's go to Baltimore at Pittsburgh. In their last three games, the Ravens gave up 16 points to Miami to their offense. Miami made a pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown. 16 points to the Dolphins' offense. 13 points at Chicago. 10 points against Cleveland. Now, is that because the teams they face stunk? Yeah, there's mostly Jacoby Brissett. And, uh, Where do those offenses rank in relation to the current Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, it's hard to say because I don't... Was it Dalton or was it... Field? I think, oh, they knocked Brissett out of the game and they knocked Fields out of the game. And then last week, you know, the Browns are just such a shell of themselves right now. And Pittsburgh, meanwhile, has allowed 41 points in back-to-back games. And what's the deal with the Pittsburgh defense? So in terms of Watt, Hayden... Are they both Hayden's back, right? Double check. I'm not sure. I'll check. Okay. But I don't think well, as of right now, we're not expecting Watt, but I right. think he could be cleared. He's on the reserve COVID list. Okay. Um Stat uh, Hayden did not practice. All right. So we'll keep an eye on that. I, this is one of those games like it everything that I think matters and is predictive tells me that the Ravens should just blow the Steelers out. The Steelers season should be over after this game. <laughs> Um, but it's at Pittsburgh and it's a division game. And so they'll probably find some way. Mike Tomlin will probably find a way to keep it close and they might even sneak out a victory. But looking at the matchup on paper, the Steelers don't deserve to be in this game. I probably say this every time these two teams play. This is my favorite football rivalry. I freaking love. Yeah. Yes. I love it. I I don't know how much longer that's going to last because the Steelers are are painful, but yeah, I'm, I love this game. Very excited. Uh, all right, here's the stat of the game. The Steelers have allowed 10 touchdowns to running backs all since week six. Their first five games, they didn't allow one. And now they, they allow rushing touchdowns, receiving touchdowns to running backs all the time. So uh, we've talked about, you know, we talked about the Patriots guys. Um, who else? Guys like Mike Williams, T. Higgins. Uh, Jamie, where is Devontae Freeman in the flex list? I would start him over Williams. Um, I would start him over Pollard and Ingram tonight. Um, trying to think. I start him over Higgins. So he's he's at the top of the list, I think. A good, a good, like he's either he's one of two things in your lineup. He's either a really bad number two running back or a great flex. His Keeps. best game since Latavius Murray has returned has been without Lamar Jackson. I think it's what three. Two or three games, so it's not a big sample size. It was two when games. Tyler Huntley started and threw him the ball. Right, but didn't he have 16 carries last week too? He yeah, I'm just saying in terms of fantasy production. Yes, right. He had six catches in that game, right? And then last so week I, only one. I think you know you mentioned that the Steelers, the the and and their struggles. The Ravens' offense looked terrible against the Browns, and you know Lamar Jackson said he played like a rookie. I think the offensive line is a bit of a concern still, even if there is no T.J. Watt. You know, they just haven't been playing well because of injuries. So, 
I mean, you're obviously starting Lamar Jackson, you're starting Marquise Brown. He has a touchdown in three of his last four against Pittsburgh. And and Freeman and Andrews, you know, and Andrews, obviously, but and Freeman is in, in the flex conversation. But I don't know, like, where the ceiling is for all these guys. You know, hopefully we get the ceiling for Lamar and, and Andrews and Brown because they're must-starts. But uh, just it looked bad. It looked bad uh, against Cleveland. That said, Jackson is a top three quarterback for everyone. <laughs> uh, Rashad Bateman. Well, that, that's that's again. You asked the question about Herbert. It's a reflection of the quarterback position this week, right? I always have so much confidence in Lamar Jackson. Most yeah, weeks, he, most weeks he doesn't justify it, but uh, I always expect him to score. I had him number one points. last week. Yeah, I think Dave did too. Heath probably had. I him think too. I have number one right now. Yeah, I moved him up. Okay, <laughs> so uh, Bateman and Claypool, I guess, because nobody start. We'll talk for Armuth in a second. Nobody's starting Ben. Um, I know Najee Harris. It's not a good matchup, but I think most people are going to start Najee Harris. So, uh, yeah, Claypool and Bateman. Heath, talk about these two wide receivers. Claypool, I like quite a bit more than Bateman. Um, I would view him as a a number three wide receiver, number two wide receiver even, borderline number two, right in that Lockett, Metcalf, Cooper range, but I would actually start him over those three. Um. Bateman is a boom bust flex for me. Okay. Do we want to talk about Najee Harris? Is it worth it? Because I think Heath, you said you'd start Jamal Williams over him. I mean, I, there's a lot of guys who you wouldn't think that we would be like. I was. You're starting Alexander Madison over him. I'd start Leonard Fournette over him. I'd start James Conner, Antonio Gibson, Jamal Williams, uh, Mitchell, um, Cordero. But he's still a top fifteen running back, so I'm still starting him. Pat Fryermuth, if he if he's cleared, is he going to be ahead or behind uh, Logan Thomas and Foster Moreau? Behind Thomas, ahead of Moreau. He's going to be right in that group of six target tight ends. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I like what Jamie said. I'll just say that. All right, and the Ravens DST is in play this week. So, yeah, start them. Giants at Dolphins, the spotlight game. Dolphins have allowed 17 or fewer points in four straight games, all wins. The Giants have allowed 20 or fewer points in four of their last five games and 30 points at Tampa Bay. Uh, They may be without one of their best defensive players, Dory Jackson. But these two defenses are playing very well, and, you know, it's something to keep in mind, probably a low-scoring game. Stat of the game, the Dolphins, yeah, Jamie alluded to this. The Dolphins in their last five games, 3.64 yards per carry to running backs, no touchdowns. The competition was not great until McCaffrey, who left with an injury, but it was Buffalo, Houston, Baltimore, the Jets, and Carolina. So and, a few guys are better than second. Yeah, the five teams are better than the Giants rushing game. <laughs> That's a, that is a bad, bad list of running backs. It is going to continue. I, I, I mean... How much confidence do you have? Heath, you seem to have more confidence in Barkley, but you like him better with Glennon. I don't know. Right. I like him better with Glennon. Um, I do think, like, Michael Carter played a third of that game against the Dolphins and had nine carries for 63 yards. So he was on a pretty good run before that happened. I don't remember how much McCaffrey played before he got hurt. Um, He had 10 carries. But, yeah, I... I'm probably just starting Saquon Barkley, even if Daniel Jones um, is starting. But he's a number two running back. And all those guys that I said I would start over Najee Harris, I'd start over Saquon as well. 
So I have Barkley in one league where I also have Sony Michelle, and we get to the weekend, and Daryl Henderson's out. That's an easy call for me. Right. So I, I think like you know it. We keep referencing the the quarterback list. The running back list is also a little tricky because you have Najee Harris in a tough spot. You have Saquon Barkley in a tough spot. You know you're down obviously McCaffrey and you're down. Well McCaffrey wouldn't play. You're down Dalvin Cook. Um, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, matter Madison. Madison just slots yeah. right in. But yeah, it's, down it, Nick Chubb. It's it's a weird week. week, and um, you have guys like Jamal Williams, and and if there is a solo starter in Philadelphia, you know those guys I think are and and if Sony Michelle starts over Henderson, you know those guys are, are in probably better spots than Barkley right now. And James Conner would be an easy one over Barkley, right? James Conner's an easy one. Elijah Mitchell's an easy one for me. Um, what if Miles Sanders plays? I would probably still put Barkley ahead, certainly in PPR. Because you just don't know how the splits will go in Philadelphia. Right. Yeah. All right. How about a Giants wide receiver? Any interest here? Zero. Not really, no. Um, Galladay for me is in that Mike Williams, T. Higgins range. Okay. And Evan Ingram is a sit. I haven't even looked at the rankings, but I know Evan Ingram is a sit. Uh, Tua. Let's talk about Tua. 61% rostered. So he is... You know, it's a he's perfect for this matchup because the Giants don't give up big pass plays, and he doesn't throw downfield. He has the second lowest intended air yards per pass attempt among qualified quarterbacks. Only Jared Goff throws the ball shorter than Tua Tonga by low on average. Did, did you see the uh, NFL on CBS tweet about Tua and Kyler Murray through their first career sixteen starts? No. Tua has a better touchdown interception ratio, a better completion percentage, a better passer rating, and a better win loss record. He's been great. Well, he's been great in a Mac Jonesian way. Yeah. You know? Well, he's been he's been great from a playing standpoint. He hasn't been great from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah, I know, but people dog on Mac Jones because he never throws the ball downfield, really. But two is even worse than that. So it's there hard. There it is. Good job, Schrager. <laughs> yeah, Shraggy B. All right, there's the graphic. Yeah, that means nothing to me, by the way. But uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, he's it's been good a better passer than Kyler Murray was as a rookie. Except, Kyler's except a much better that's the thing. Like, this is Kyler's rookie season, and this is Tua's rookie and sophomore season. It's that's a little deceiving. It's no? First sixteen games, sure, but he's not a rookie. He's had two training. Should have camps. Azer statted a little bit and removed some of those games. I guess he's had one training camp because of COVID. No, he had two training camps. He had one preseason. Uh, anyway, Tua. What do you take right now, Tua or Daniel Jones? <laughs> I take uh, Jacoby Brissett over Daniel Jones. No, that's not, not true. Not wow. good, but I take Tua for sure. Um. Anyway, yeah. Do we, do we like to? Do we like him this week, Heath? Uh, he is right between Taysom Hill and Taylor Heineke for me. The three T's are the streamers this week. Um, I would start Taysom over him, but I would start two over Heineke, and I would start two over Burrow. Yeah, Jamie, final thought on Tua? Uh, I agree with everything Heath said. I I'd probably just stick with with Burrow though. But um, in terms of Taysom, Tua, and Taylor, I agree. Do you more or less feel the same way about? Miles Gaskin, as you do about Barkley. I know Jamie likes Gaskin better, and Heath likes Barkley better, but are they in the same range? You're starting them, probably. Yeah, they're in the same range. I, I think you just got to start to buy into what Gaskin's been doing in terms of his work, you know, finding the end zone twice last week. Uh, I think he scored down three of his last four. Um, the The opportunity is there against this Giants defense with the, probably the amount of times the ball will be in the Dolphins' hands. 
you know, you have to worry a little bit about this comment from Brian Flores about Philip Lindsay to whatever extent it goes. But I can't imagine that Miles Gaskin in terms of his role in the passing game will change. And then is he going to lose the goal line opportunities? It's not like Philip Lindsay's a big back that's going to come and take him off the field. You know, they're very similar in stature. So, right. you know, I, I think Miles Gaskin's role is, is kind of locked in as at least, you know, 80% of where it's been. If Philip Lindsay takes, you know, 20% of what Gaskin's been doing, that's maybe something that's fair. But I'm not worried about Philip Lindsay ruining Miles Gaskin right now. And Jalen Waddle, layup, must start. Superstar. Okay. What if Parker plays? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Would Jalen Waddle be this good if he had the other two guys on the field? I would say no. I would agree. Yeah. And it's and I feel really dumb about that because on the Sunday night show, I was like, don't even ask about Jalen Waddle anymore. He's a must start. But you do have to take in the Parker. I mean, I don't know when the hell Fuller's going to be back. I don't know when Parker's going to be back. I right. think he's still, he's still a must-start guy, but I just don't know if he'd be getting this many targets and, and having this much success if he's getting the competition from those other guys. I, I think it would actually help Mike Gusecki if Devontae Parker's back because then he could play more of a tight end role as opposed to playing a wide receiver role. And you know, actually, I want to look this up right now, but I think Waddle has been on the outside a lot more the last three games. And um, that's probably better for him because it gives him a little bit more of a chance for big plays. But if Parker and Fuller come back, you know. Yeah, his slot percentage has dropped. Two weeks ago, he only played 13 snaps there. Yeah, I would say I would say he's been more outside than uh, previously. All right, uh, anyway, if Parker plays, is he a... Is, if Devontae Parker plays, would you start Parker or Mike Williams? Still Mike Williams, but... I mean, yeah. the fact that we have to say that tells you where Mike Williams is. Not that it's yeah. not a, you know, being disrespectful to Parker, but a guy just stepping on the field for the first time in, you know, a month, over a month. That just shows you how bad Mike Williams has been. All right. Would you go Parker or Barkley? Barkley. Barkley. Would you go Waddle or Barkley? Waddle. Waddle. I hope he scores. I enjoyed the Waddle end zone celebration. Some of the uh, comments I, I saw... Um, I think Tua called it a little bird. And Christian Wilkins, I think, said, uh, I mean, with a name like Waddle, you get to go Waddle, Waddle, Waddle. So he gets the... Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Uh, Miami's DST is top seven. Gasicki, though. <sighs> He's so frustrating. It's like, gosh, you want... You look They're at playing him. the wide receiver. It stinks. Yeah. Well, that's not good because the Giants are, are decent against wide receivers. Not as good against tight ends. Uh, yeah, so what, like, what do you think about hmm. Kasiki Heath? I don't really. That's that's how I feel about him. <laughs> like I, I, that's it's driving me crazy. This group of tight ends. I'm still starting him over Foster Moreau. I'm still starting him over Noah Fant. Um, I would start him, but I'm still starting Zach Ertz and and Kyle Pitts over Mike Kasiki. But I again, I think you could take tight end seven through fifteen in our rankings, and just jumble them up into one of those things and pull out the little lottery balls and rank them that way if you want to. Okay, Denver's at Kansas City. So stat of the game: Denver has lost five games this season. In those five games, neither Melvin Gordon nor Javante Williams has had more than eleven carries. When they win, they get a ton of work. When they lose, they do not. And, well, are they going to make it up in the passing game? 
Well, between the two of them, they have one game with more than three catches. That was Javante Williams had a six-catch game at Cleveland. So they got to stay in this game against Kansas City. And I think that's the thing with both the running backs and Noah Fant in this game. The matchup is pretty fantastic for pass-catching running backs, for pass-catching tight ends, for running backs in general. Um, But, man, it's hard to imagine those guys all having a good game too. So the matchup is toughest for the wide receivers, right? Right. So we're just sitting them? Denver's, I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Judy's the best one, and he's a number three receiver, better in PPR. You just can't look at what Sutton has done with Judy on the field. It's just been a disaster for him. And so, yeah, and, and Patrick is just too much of a wild card at this point. So you know what they're going to try and do. I mean, they're going to try and run. Would you start Judy or uh, Van Jefferson? Jefferson Van. and Beckham. Judy or Cooper? Cooper. Cooper. Judy or Kendrick Bourne or Jacoby Myers? Uh, I would start Bourne in non-PPR over Judy, and I would start Myers over Judy in PPR. Okay. And I hate saying it. Heath, where's Fant in your, with Gasicki? Uh, he's behind all of them. Um even though I hate it because it's the Chiefs and he'll probably score a touchdown. But the way they're using him right now, it's almost like he's the pass-catching running back and they just dump it off to him in the line of scrimmage. And he's not making a lot of people miss. So I've got him uh, 14th or 15th, depending on the format. I'd start Logan Thomas over him. I'd start Gasicki over him. Do you, you, um, in Dynasty Leagues, try and buy Broncos at this point with the hope of Aaron Rodgers going there? I, I think you should buy Broncos in the passing game. And like, I don't know if you can buy Javante Williams because his right. perceived value is so much higher than his actual production. But yes, I would buy Fant. I would buy Judy. I think I'd even buy Sutton. For the record, Heath, this is Javante Williams week, right? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Javante Williams week was last week. <laughs> okay. No, but but uh, how do you compare Javante, Melvin Gordon, and Clyde Edwards-Zeller? Let's talk about the running backs in this game. Is Clyde clearly ahead of them? I feel the most comfortable with him at this point, yes. But um, it's no slam dunk. Yeah, I've got Clyde and Daryl still pretty close. But I would go Melvin, Clyde, Javante. It's a really bad run defense. It's a very good defense, but they have had so many struggles against the run. But they've been better lately, but that's the problem. Yeah, they have. They were, going back inside is a big thing. They were not better against the Eagles, but nobody has been really. They have been better lately. Um, all right, so oh, you're Cl- talking about Denver, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm talking about Denver. Yes, Denver's run defense has been better lately, yes. But still overall pretty bad. Yes. And, so- and you just, you know, it's... I think what'll end up happening is, you know, um, you asked about, like, the, the blowout. Right, I think you. Well, is it going to be competitive? Yeah, uh, competitive game. Yes. So I think it'll be competitive. Denver's defense has played really well, but it's almost like you know when the the wave is coming and you're just expecting it at some point it's going to overwhelm them. I think you know the Chiefs at some point will start to pull ahead, and how much will they lean on either Clyde or or Daryl Williams in that capacity? So Daryl Williams has been largely disappointing when Clyde's been healthy. Oh yeah, Williams. You need the goal line touchdown. He gets almost no work. He only had one. He had two, I think. I think he had ones in week two and four. Um, yeah, but yeah, still, I mean, it's a prayer. 
And then last week, uh, or last game, two weeks ago, it was Clyde who was in, in that situation, and he scored. Yeah, it cost him some money, too. Clyde or Barkley? Barkley. Uh, Barkley, but it's close. Yeah, you're right. Daryl had two, two touchdowns. One of them, though, was against Baltimore, where he had three carries for minus two yards. <laughs> so, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, must starts, and that's pretty much it for this game. I, we should probably do a little bit more. You like Melvin Gordon better than Javante, right? I do. Uh, slightly. I would love, and you know, I don't want to see guys get hurt, but he's on the injury report right now. Melvin Gordon didn't practice on Wednesday again. He got a little bit dinged up in the game last week. You know, I, I think a, a lot of people, when we saw Melvin Gordon go down, I think it might have been the first carry. It was definitely first quarter. First like, carry. Oh, yeah. oh no. But oh well, okay. Let's let's go Devontae Williams. Um, it'd be nice to see one of these guys just have an opportunity to be the featured guy. Right. Yeah, either one. I mean, they run the ball a lot and effectively. So yeah, I'm not gonna root for an injury. I'm gonna just I'm not shaming. Yeah, nobody's rooting for an injury, <laughs> no, but you know, it happened. <laughs> it does happen. Gordon Gordon's been on the injury report so much this year and he never misses the game. All right, so let's go to... That's it for this game. Chiefs DST is top 12. They've been very good lately, and they're only 38% rostered, so if you need a DST, you can look at them. Two more games, Patriots at Bills. It's hard to come up with a stat of the game. I mean, these are arguably the two best defenses in football. You're not going to have Tredavious White, though, so we'll see what kind of uh, impact that has. And I have a feeling it's basically just start Allen, start Diggs, and that's... And then Dawson Knox, I think that's maybe the toughest one. So my stat of the game was just that the Patriots allowed the second fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Heath, you toss it and turn it, not figuring out how to rank Dawson Knox? You know, I just decided as we were having this discussion, I've got these 17 tight ends in a group that I don't know how to rank. I'm going to move the one facing the Patriots to the back of the line. So Dawson Knox, now behind Foster Moreau, behind Logan Thomas, behind Noah Fant, Behind Gerald Everett, tight end 15. I'm sitting Dawson Knox with conviction. It, it's uh, not the second best, Adam. It's the best. They're the best at defending tight ends. Really? Yes. Are they tied for first? I don't know. On our site, they're first. Okay. Because sometimes when they're tied and you go to like Dawson Knox's player page, for example, it would. No, I have uh, the Cardinals as number one. Oh, that's so weird, though. They Are we be. looking at? Uh, is that because? Because no, like, our stand. When you just look at the points allowed on our site, it's non PPR. Are you in a PPR league looking at that? It's in a PPR league. They are first. You know what's weird? They are first in non PPR. Oh no, no, no! They're se- they're se- okay. They're second in non PPR. The Cardinals are first. That's what it is. Yeah. All right. But they give up three point five fantasy points per game in non PPR to tight ends. Yeah, six point five in PPR. They've given three touchdowns to the position. Is there anything tricky in this guys. game here? Like you want to talk about Bourne and Myers, and I and it's just Harris and Stevenson. All right, let's talk about the Patriots, Jamie. Break it down. I, I well, I I think you know I asked you this question yesterday, both of you, um, and it's it's just an interesting stat that the Bills have allowed eight rushing touchdowns on the season, and seven of them have come to two guys. Derrick Henry scored three times. Josh uh, Jonathan Taylor scored four times, and Michael Carter found the end zone against them as the other running back to score so Harris has scored twice has scored once in the two games since coming back from his concussion when Stevenson three games ago against Cleveland had the 20 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns uh, both have been largely disappointing in the passing game I think they've combined for three catches over the last two weeks 
So you don't have that factor to sort of fall back on. And I just wonder if, you know, knowing how big this game is, how much does Bill Belichick trust his rookie? Um, so does Stevenson get more work, less work? You know, he looked more explosive than Harris last week. Um, but does that continue? So I, I lean slightly toward Harris in this game. I would try to avoid Stevenson, who, again, has been disappointing the last two weeks without with Harris on the field. But which, which run defense for Buffalo shows up? You know, is it the one that was great all season long or is it the one that when you run at them and we know that's what probably the Patriots are going to do, they've struggled with two of the best running backs in football. And that's really it. But those are the two teams that ran right at them. One of those two games, they did not have star Latulale. He is back. He is off the COVID list, missed the last three games. He's probably their best run stuffer. And that was the Jonathan Taylor game. Jonathan Taylor went. And Michael Carter, too, actually. So two of the three running backs who scored did it without star Latulale. He's coming back for the Buffalo Bills. I would really like it because, you know, this is the Monday night game, and this is a very important game for fantasy managers trying to get into the playoffs or in some leagues already beginning certain levels of the playoffs. I I feel much better if my opponent has players in this game that he's counting on than if I have players in this game that I'm counting on. Absolutely. What about Diggs? You think he's going to have a good game? I don't think it, like... You're starting him, I know. You can't sit him. Yeah. I don't really think he's going to have a good game. No, but he might. he might get in the end zone. He might have five for 70. But no, I don't really think anyone's going to have a good game. Josh Allen? I don't think so. He okay. did score 40 fantasy points against the Patriots last week in week 16. Last I'm not sure if you should count that game in the Josh Allen versus Bill Belichick history just because it wasn't exactly a typical Bill Belichick defense by week 16 of last year. But I, you're starting Josh Allen, you're starting Stephon Diggs, but I hope you don't have to win this game if they're one of your best players. The last time we saw him in a big game like this, prime time, right, was against Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, he was terrific. He was terrific. Um, I mean, look, the the Patriots defense. I don't want to take anything away from them. You got to look at the opponents that they've played. It hasn't exactly been murderer's row, you know, in terms of offenses that they've you know shut down. Mm, no, but Brady scored ten points. Herbert scored sixteen. Prescott had Brady a big was, game. Brady was in the rain, and you know, yeah. That, there. We, I've already gotten one tweet about it, and I don't worry about whether this far in advance. But there is some talk that they may have um, like 25, 30 mile an hour winds and a snowstorm during Monday Night Ooh, Football. Oh, please. I love it. It would be I fantastic. Love it. Yes. I love it. I can't wait for this game. Uh, it's so awesome. Who's the better team? I suspect Buffalo is, but they have actually played a really easy schedule this year. They play a, That's another thing. Yeah. yeah. They haven't played anybody either. Yeah. And I, man, I. I kind of think the bad weather might, like it should favor the team with the veteran quarterback, but I kind of think it might favor the Patriots. I could see Belichick convincing his team that, man, bad weather just works to our advantage. Well, their best player is probably Nick Folk, so <laughs> might, might work against them. All right, uh, no interest in the Bills running backs? No, but I, I, I would imagine the way that the Patriots approach this is play back, Put a lot of defensive backs on the field and say, we'll, we'll lose if Matt Breida and Devin Singletary beat us. I think Singletary is a good flex. Okay. I Don't, wonder if Breida's the better play, though. Yeah. Like, Singletary's going to get more touches, I would think. But Breida just looks so much better. You got trying to get away from the DSTs in this game? That's the funny thing, because, like, this is, this is Mac Jones' biggest spot, right? Monday Night Football, 
You know, I mean, he had he had the the the, the moment already against Brady, but now it's the next moment. You know, to to establish yourself back as the team in the division and on the road, bad weather. Well, um, will yeah. he falter? Who knows? Yeah, how much different is the Bills' pass defense without Travis White? It's great. But against the team, though, doesn't matter because it's not like they're going to be you know downfield throws, especially if the weather's bad. Yeah, they'll still dink and dunk their way down the field. All right, uh, so you would you start the Dolphins DSTs over over them? Easy, yeah. Vikings. That's the one I struggle with is Minnesota, because that's the other thing you know in terms of Patriots defense. Like if this team is as good as it's played, which you know again I don't want to take anything away from them. Uh, we've seen Josh Allen now struggle. You know he faced a, uh, an improved Jacksonville defense. How bad was he in that game? Uh, right. And he struggled against Colts. Yes, he did. All right, speaking of the Colts, they are at Houston. So let's just knock out Houston real quick. Only player. Know, we, talking. we almost might get to Sunday when that game kicks off. They haven't really. I, I think we're, I'm enjoying the heck out of this show. Uh, only player that's interesting here on Houston is Cooks, right? Yes. All right. So mm-hmm. Cooks or, or Pittman? Cooks. Ooh. I think I have Pittman higher, but neither of them in my top 24. Is Jonathan Taylor the only great start in this game? Yes. Colts DSD yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. So, Wentz. I mean, I, it's, I know you guys, who was it last week that you were excited about against Houston? No, two weeks ago maybe? Tannehill? Tua. Tua? No, Tua played the Jets. It was Tannehill a couple weeks ago when he was horrible and they lost that game. That was last Wentz week. is like the number four streamer this week, so I, I, we're, we're not, we're not going to use him. Okay, because he just might do what he did last time and throw 20 times and score 21 points or something. I mean, all you're hearing out of Indianapolis is how much they didn't run the ball against the Bucks. Right. Okay, they're going to run the ball this week. So, uh, yeah, Michael... This is the get Jonathan Taylor the MVP game. Would you... Dave is very high on Michael Pittman. I'm going to have to ask him about that tomorrow. Would you start um, Pittman or Barkley? Barkley. Uh, Barkley. I mean, you know, the thing about Pittman's matchup is great. You know, the, the Texans secondary is terrible. So it's just opportunities. Clearly it's and, just opportunities. And the T.Y. Hilton thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so I, I know it's a, it's a joke, kind of, but also. Yeah, it, it, he kills them every time. Uh, so I'll go do a few more Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman or Bills, Patriots, Broncos running back. Um, Pittman and PPR over those all those guys. Non PPR, I'll take Harris. Sure. Jack Doyle is a desperation guy who you could see having a good game. Yeah, he's um been good until like two of his last three. On the injury report, though, so just keep that in mind. And that's it for this game. No, David Johnson, Rex Burkhead. <laughs> Um, okay. I mean, you got to be so desperate for those guys. I mean, I feel like you have to be. I don't feel this way, but based on the way he's produced, you'd have to be desperate for Brandon Cooks. He's been terrible, but he's always capable of having a big game. And garbage time, baby. Let's go. Yeah, the Colts give up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, just yes. I'm sure of something real quick because you know sometimes I like to keep an eye on. Uh, Twitter while we're on the show and I to make sure we don't miss any breaking news and um, I want to make sure that that's not something uh, 
Is that uh, the nope? We're good. Okay. No, I think you're right. RJ White dropped Zane Gonzalez and added Evan McPherson. I did see that come across my yeah. phone as well. So there you go. Kicker news for you. We are out of here. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the NFC home games. See ya.